0: I have been looking forward to this Sunday for a number of weeks and I have been praying and thinking exactly what it is that God would want me to share with you from his word. This is our first Sunday where we come together and we are going to summarize all that we've read over the last month. Now, you know as well as I know, there is no way that it is possible for your pastor to stand before you and to summarize 40 40 chapters of the Bible. You know that, right? Yes. I have a hard time summarizing two verses of the Bible, much less 40 chapters. So I spent a lot of time praying and just asking God to guide me and direct me to the place that he wanted me to be. I thought for a time that I was going to preach out of the book of Job. I really thought that, you know, man, Job gives us an opportunity to see the role that suffering plays in God's redemptive story. But we have been studying that story over the last two Sundays in our Sunday school. Another occasion, I prayed and I thought God had led me to chapter 15 of the book of Genesis. I don't know if you've read that, Art, wait. You should have read that chapter by now. I need to make sure I almost caught myself. You should have read that story by now. That is when God makes a covenant with Abraham. He tells Abraham, Abraham, it is through your family that all of the nations of the earth will be blessed. We know that is a promise, that is a prophecy concerning the coming of the Redeemer, isn't it? And we see that. We have a real opportunity through that covenant to see the mercy and the grace of God displayed as His redemptive plan unfolds it's a powerful story but as I spent more time praying and thinking about exactly what God wanted me to say this morning he really took me back to the beginning because if we're going to see God's redemptive plan unfold in scripture We must begin at the very beginning. Many of you are familiar with chapter 1 of the book of Genesis. Over a six-day period of time, we have the opportunity to see God's uh, creative activity on display. One event after another where God is creating the world that we behold today. And at the each end of each one of those days, we hear these words spoken by God, and it was good. As chapter 1 of the book of Genesis prepares to close, some of the very last words that are spoken from the mouth of God, he looks out over all of creation, and these are the words that he speaks. He says, it is good very good and then we have chapter two of the book of Genesis open I like to say it like this when we consider chapter one and chapter two of the book of Genesis chapter one allows us to see the entirety of the creation story at a distance I like to say it is the book of creation Chapter 2 allows us to zoom in closer and to see creation up close and personal. And in chapter 2, we have the opportunity to really see the pinnacle of God's creation, the creation of man. I like to say chapter 2 is really a chapter out of the book of creation. As chapter 2 closes, after God has shared with us the story of Adam being created from the dust of the earth, and God bringing to Adam a helpmate in the woman Eve, as the chapter closes, let me say something to you men. It is very, very, very good. Very good. Mankind's relationship is perfect with God. And man and woman's relationship with one another is perfect. (sighs) But then there's chapter 3. And when I look at chapter 3, it blows me away. Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you ever seen anything that was laid to waste? Have you ever seen something like that? Several different times in my life I've had the opportunity to see something that was beautiful and pristine, amazing, laid to waste. One of those occasions was when Robin and I first got married. We traveled for our honeymoon to Yellowstone National Park. It happened after the great fire that took place there. Per, 36% of the park was destroyed by fire. I remember driving around that park and seeing thousands of acres that was once beautiful and pristine, gorgeous, laid to waste, scarred, black, destroyed, nothing growing there. I would say to you, chapter 3 of the book of Genesis, that when Eve chose to eat of the fruit that God commanded them not to eat of it, and Adam took that fruit and ate it, it laid to waste creation. That which was one time beautiful and pristine, magnificent, is forever changed in one choice. The choice to disobey God. It is utterly laid to waste. Evil has now entered into the world. Sin is present. Death, illness, disease has entered into the world. And worst of all, fellowship with God is now broken. And if we stop the story right there, and we read nothing else after verse 13, you and I would walk away and we would say this, Oh my goodness, it seems to be utterly hopeless. But can I tell you something? Beginning in verse 14 through verse 21, the book of Genesis, the third chapter, screams hope. In those verses, we have an opportunity to begin to see God's plan of redemption of mankind unfold before our very eyes. So this morning what I want us to do is to begin reading in verse Fourteen of this passage of Scripture. If you have your Bibles, open them up to chapter 3 of the book of Genesis, verse 14. We're going to read verses 14 through 21. As we read this morning, I'm going to make a few comments along the way. But I want you to see God's redemptive plan unfold before your very eyes in the words of God Himself. Now, beginning in verse 14, what God is going to do, He is going to lay out the consequences for the choice that the serpent made, that the woman made, and that man has made. And we are going to see they are devastated consequences. But at the same time, I want you to know underlying the words of God in this passage of scripture is hope. The hope of a plan of redemption that is going to take place. Now listen to what he says here. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, Cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. You know, when I read this verse of Scripture, the very first thing that I see here, it seems as though at one time the serpent walked upright. But as a result of his role that he played in deceiving the woman, now God humbles him and he says this, you're going to eat dirt the rest of your life. You're going to crawl on your belly. Now listen to what he says here in verse 15. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. This is one of the greatest verses of Scripture that is found in the Word of God. Many theologians refer to this verse of Scripture as the first gospel. In the very opening chapters of the Bible, we see this great, prophecy that God is going to make concerning a Redeemer who will come. God looks at the serpent who chose to deceive the woman, and he says this to, her, to him, you and the offspring of the woman will be at enmity with one another. You will be at odds. You will constantly war with one another, and this is what he said, you will bruise his heel, but I will tell you the offspring of woman will crush your head. And that is exactly what happened at Calvary. There is no doubt that the enemy bruised the heel of the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary and when he was put in the grave in that empty tomb, there is no doubt that there was joy in the bowels of hell on that day. The enemy thought that he had been victorious, but hold on because Sunday is coming. And on Sunday when that tomb bust open and Jesus Christ came forth from that grave, he defeated death, hell, and the grave, he crushed the head of the enemy on that day. He crushed him on that day. Let me say something to you this morning. If you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to know that the enemy that tries to deceive you, the enemy that tries to hurt you, the enemy that tries to kill, steal, and destroy, I want you to know this morning he is a defeated foe. You walk in victory with Jesus Christ. Man, this is one of the great prophecies that is found anywhere in the Word of God. But not only is it a prophecy concerning the Redeemer, I want you to see something else that is happening behind this passage of Scripture or this verse of Scripture. I want you to go back and look at it again. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. This is the only place in the word of God where the lineage of an offspring is, cher- uh, is traced to woman and not to man all of the other places in the Bible it is always traced to the father of the offspring when you read Jesus Christ lineage his genealogy in the opening chapter of the book of Matthew it is a genealogy Based upon who his father Joseph was. In the book of Genesis, when you read the different genealogies, those begot one another's, they always trace their lineage back to who? Their father. But that is not true in this passage of Scripture. Did you hear what God said? He said, I will put enmity between you and the woman. And what will happen is you will seek to bruise his heel and he will crush your head. In that statement, God is making a very, or showing us a very important truth that the birth of the Redeemer would be miraculous. The birth of the Redeemer would not come from the seed of man. It would come from the seed of woman because we know that Jesus Christ was conceived of the Holy Spirit in a virgin. This is one of the great prophecies concerning the Redeemer as well as His miraculous birth found anywhere in Scripture. you see it here? All the way back to the very opening of the pages of the Bible, we see this great prophecy concerning the one who would come die for the penalty of the sins of mankind. He would redeem a lost people back to himself. What a powerful verse of Scripture. Now let's go back and let's begin reading here again. Verse 16. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. You shall desire. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorn and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat of the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Part of the penalty of Adam and Eve eating in the garden is one day, every single day, person would die die spiritually and die physically let me say this very clearly this morning there is not a single person sitting in this building who will leave this earth alive your body will die physically your spirit may not but your body will die physically according to what God tells Adam in this passage of Scripture. For you are dust, and dust you shall return. Now listen to what he says here in the next verse. The man called his wife Eve, because she was the mother of all the living. I encourage you to do something here in your Bibles. Underline the word Eve, mother of all the living. Because I will tell you, in that phrase, we learn something very, very important. To this point in Scripture, Eve's wife, I mean, I'm sorry, Adam's wife has been simply known as woman. However, at this point in time, in this verse, he changes her name and he says she is Eve, the mother of all the living. Now, listen Adam accepted God's penalty for his sin. And as a result of accepting that penalty, he responds in faith to God's promise. God promised that through the seed of woman, there would be one who would come, who would crush the head of the serpent. Here in this passage of Scripture, before Eve ever conceives, Adam names her Eve Eve the mother of all of the living. He is claiming the promise that God has made back in verse 15 that one day there would be a Redeemer who would come out of the seed of woman. It is a response of faith. Can I share with you this morning, this is what God has always desired of mankind, is a response of faith to Him. And that's exactly what we see here. Adam took God at his word, he claimed the promise as being true, and he acted on that promise in faith. We see Adam's response of faith here when he makes the claim, Eve, you will be the mother of all the living. Now listen to how he concludes this passage of Scripture. This is good right here, verse 21. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothe them you know it would be easy to walk away from this verse of scripture right here and just say well you know that was really gracious of God to provide for Adam and Eve in this way but I would tell you there is something much more significant about this verse than God's provision of clothing for Adam and Eve As a matter of fact, I would encourage you in your Bibles to underline garments of skin and clothe them. Because I believe it is in that phrase, through God's provision of Adam and Eve's clothing, that we learn something significant about God's plan of redemption. Let me just share with you quickly, I'm just going to read these to you. Three things that we learn concerning redemption from that phrase. Number one, every person stands or every person stands in need of their sins being covered. The very thought of us standing before a holy God with all of our sins fully exposed first should scare every one of us completely to death. And second, what it shows is our need for our sins to be covered. When we read this story, the very first thing that we notice that Adam and Eve did after they sinned against God is they took fig leaves, they sold them, they put them on themselves, they covered themselves to try to hide the shame and the guilt of their sin is what we see here. Number two, the second thing that we learn from this passage of Scripture concerning redemption is this. Every person is insufficient to cover their own sins. Every person is insufficient to cover their own sins. Adam and Eve tried to hide their shame and guilt by sewing fig leaves together and covering themselves, but it was insufficient. God comes to the garden and he cries out to Adam, Adam, where are you? On any other day, Adam would have ran out and greeted God. But on this day, we find Adam and Eve cowering in the bushes in fear, trying to hide their guilt and their shame before the Lord no matter how hard they tried, Adam and Eve couldn't remove their guilt and the shame of their sins. And neither can we. We can try everything we want to try We can stop doing bad and we can start trying to do good. We can become more religious. We can try to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. But at the end of the day, all of our efforts are insufficient when it comes to trying to cover our sin. We cannot hide our guilt and shame before the Lord. Adam and Eve tried to do it. Sewing fig fig leaves together and covering themselves... Is a representation of trying to hide their spiritual, uh, I mean, their spiritual sinfulness, and it was, it, it was insufficient. It was insufficient. Number three. Only God can provide the covering that man needs. God is the one who takes the initiative to clothe Adam and Eve in the garden. He provides them garments of skin. Now, I want you to see this because this is so important. Adam and Eve did nothing. God did everything. When God provided them with garments of skin it sent a very important message to them. This is what it sent. When God sacrificed the animals in the garden, first, he was saying, now the innocent would die for the guilty. The innocent would die for the guilty. Second, He was making it very, very clear. Without the shedding of blood, there is no cover for sin. I want you to think about this for a moment. We're not told completely in this story exactly where Adam and Eve were located when God provides them with the garments of skin to cover their nakedness with. But I like to think that they were there watching all the time. This is the very first death that takes place anywhere in scripture. Perhaps the animal that God chose was a lamb. And as they watched, the life spill out of that animal as it shed his blood they saw now the innocent would die for the guilty without the shedding of blood there could be no forgiveness of sin And this is simply a picture of something much greater. If we fast forward 5,000 years outside the city walls of Jerusalem on a hill called Calvary, there is another lamb that hangs on the cross there who has been sacrificed by God for the full payment of the penalty of sin of mankind. That is you and I. As his life leads his body... He bears in His body all the sins of the world for you and for I. It is at Calvary that Jesus Christ secures your and my redemption. in his death on the cross you see i believe every single person stands before god and they stand one of two ways they either stand clothed in the fig leaves of their own abilities their own work their own provision to make themselves acceptable for God or they stand clothed in the robes of righteousness of Jesus Christ one or two and the question we must all ask ourselves this morning is this how do I stand how do I stand clothed in my own fig leaves, making provision for my own sin before God? Or do I stand clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ? Father God, we thank you for your word and the truth of your word and the way it speaks into our hearts and our lives. Father, what a great passage of scripture. We just have the opportunity to see your redemptive plan unfold before our very eyes lord you have made provision for our lives in your son jesus christ salvation is found in no other name except for the name of jesus christ father god my prayer is this morning as we come to this time of invitation that every person here would take the opportunity to examine their lives, to see how they stand. Are they standing clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ? Are they standing making provision for their own self? Lord, we give you this time of invitation and pray that you would work in your perfect way in our hearts and lives today.